You're listening to the Boots About Business podcast. We share stories from military veterans that have transitioned to the world of business. On the show, you'll hear conversations with business leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs that all started their careers wearing boots in the service of the U.S. Armed Forces. This podcast is equal parts about sharing great stories, helping veterans, helping businesses, and fostering a greater understanding of the value veterans can bring to business. And welcome, everybody, to episode number four of the Boots About Business podcast. I am your host, Frank Strong, and here with us today is Jack Child. Jack's really had an interesting career. He started as an MP in the Army and later became a pilot and an instructor pilot for the Air Force. He left the military and has had a long career as a pilot for a major airline, which he still holds today. And he's also the co-founder of G-Force Parking Lot Stripping which is a franchise, and he works with veterans to help them set up their own franchise. And of course, he's here with us right now, Mr. Jack Child. Welcome to the show, sir. Thanks, Frank. And uh, we are parking lot striping. Uh, Stripping in the parking lot can be illegal at times, so we'll make sure (laughs) we're we're talking about the the same thing here. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. He even corrected me when we were doing our little pre-chat, and I still got it wrong. (laughs) It happens all the time. It's the way it's spelled. We got to change the spelling. <laughs> hey, first things first. We are recording this mid-April. This will probably be published the mid-May, maybe late May. And all of the interviews I've done to date uh, were pre-recorded before the coronavirus pandemic took over. Let me ask. That's the elephant in the room. How are things with you? How how's it affecting you? How are you managing? Well, it's it's been obviously tough. Just some background. We have eleven franchise locations around the country. A number of them literally had just launched in the last couple of months. So to be on quarantine and, and shut down, it's it's admittedly uh, our lead flow for new work has really slowed. It's not evaporated completely, but this is kind of our busy season and it's definitely acting like a really slow off season at the moment. There are some bright spots. We do have some uh, projects that we're bidding on some for some really big customers in a few spots around the country. And and some of our folks are still out there working. Of course, they're doing it safely. The work we do is basically self-isolated anyway. So we don't have as much concern as, you know, putting a crew in in close contact with someone else. So it's really been a a challenging time for us. We're using this time to improve our technologies. As we come out of this, we've got a new website under development. We think that'll be live by mid-May. That's going to increase our, our search engine optimization on the web. It should drive more leads and ultimately more sales. If there is a smaller market share to go after or, or a smaller piece of the pie, if you will, we want a bigger piece of the smaller pie if that's where we're at later on in the year. Yeah. Well, I mean, small business is the, the backbone of the U.S. economy. So we're all pulling for you for everybody. It's definitely a crazy time. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit and kind of get down to business of the podcast. Let me ask you first, why did you join the service for the first time? Well, I grew up in the south side of Chicago and uh, some of my family had been in police work. Uh, My grandfather on one side was a parole officer in Chicago and my other grandfather was a a small town chief of police out in the countryside of Illinois, and I and I was just always drawn to the police side of things. So I, I joined the the army to, to get some background experience in the military police. I did that for three years and enlisted. Kind of got that out of my system. So I got out of the army, uh, attended college, and I decided to join Air Force ROTC. My dad had owned a couple of airplanes as a kid, so I had, I had a little bit of flying in my blood. So I wound up doing the ROTC route. Eventually became a 
141 pilot and a 141 instructor pilot. Yeah, how was it like switching services? You know, going from the Army to the Air Force, were there cultural differences, or I mean, you, you did some of that time at ROTC, but what was what was that like? Well, there's a lot of interest service teasing about the Air Force having it easier, and I can tell you firsthand that that's exactly correct. <laughs> so, <laughs> so going from Army enlisted to to the ROTC, uh, you know, summer camp was kind of kind of interesting to have, you know, three years under your belt already with the other college kids who had never experienced anything like that. And, and it was fairly easy, to be honest. It was a lot of fun, much more fun than some of my Army training events. So it was actually a pretty easy, pretty easy transition uh, from Army to Air Force for me anyway. Yeah, no, interesting. What, um, in all the years, you, you served well over 10 years, 12 years? What was it ten, 10 years, yep. 10 years in service. What was your worst day and maybe what was your best day? You know, I, I, I think about some of the veterans before me and the Vietnam era and then the veterans after me, post 9-11, I was kind of in that gap area. So my worst day couldn't possibly compare to any of the worst days that, that those folks have had. So I'd, I don't really have a, a worst day in particular. I, it was a, it's pretty, I mean, there were a lot of sacrifices, a lot of time away from home, a lot of tough duty days. My very first mission in the Air Force was to fly to Grenada. And I'm like, where's Grenada and why are we going? They said, you know, well, here it is and you don't need to ask why. So just go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, 26 hour day, two man crew, that's that's a long day to be, you know, flying and, and refueling and things like that. Uh, not really comparable to a lot of folks who've had some really tough days in the military. Yeah, for sure. And your and your best day? My best day was actually best several days. I was I had the opportunity as aircraft commander to take a civic leader tour from some folks out of Chicago to several Air Force bases. And as the aircraft commander, they gave me the opportunity to invite my father to join. So my dad got to go with me on like a three or four day mission across the country. We'd stop and they'd get a tour of, you know, like at the time it was the C-17 project and they were trying to get support for funding of the C-17 back then. So my dad got to be with me in the cockpit, watch me uh, up there doing some aerial refueling and, and takeoffs and landings. And it was really a special, special time for me. Yeah, that's very cool. Bring your parent to uh, to work day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say, and, and you've served in a couple different services for more than a decade, what did the service teach you? Well, the service really taught me that I could do things I never would have dreamed possible. You know, as I, I like to joke, I'm a dumb white Irish kid from the south side of Chicago. And then, you know, some years later, there I am as an instructor pilot, teaching other folks how to fly the, fly the airplane at a, a fairly young age. And it really opened my eyes to, to my own capabilities that I really wasn't quite aware of. Mm -hmm. And then when you left the service, I've got to imagine you're at the top of your game. You don't get to be an instructor pilot. You know, if you're if you're the bottom of the class, so you're obviously pretty good at flying. What caused you to leave the service? Well, the airlines were going through a hiring boom back then, and it was very attractive. Uh, the Air Force was having a real tough time, as they've had for quite a few years, and it's very cyclical. But back then, they were losing lots of pilots, and I was one of them who jumped ship to uh, go chase the airline pilot dream. Mm-hmm. So take us through that career. You've done that for a long time. You're still flying today, as I understand it. Take us through the last really 30 years, the Cliff Note version. <laughs> How you get to where you are in business today? I know you you worked at this franchise business a little bit before you've gotten to where you are today. 
Yeah, it's, it's a rather circuitous route. After 9-11, of course, the airlines took a, a big hit. Almost all of them filed bankruptcy. All the big ones did. So there were, there were lots of layoffs, uh, terminated pensions, pay cuts, career stagnation, displacements from a better paying aircraft to a lesser paying aircraft, and then on top of that, another pay cut. So it was there's a lot of stuff rolling downhill, and, and a lot of us decided, well, we need to look for a plan B here. We weren't even sure the airline was going to survive. So I started researching some businesses, and I wanted to be in the service arena. And uh, driveway ceiling is a, is a big service up here in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. For asphalt driveways, they apply the seal coat material. They, they fill the cracks with hot rubber. It's an industry that's kind of ripe with some scams some folks who can take advantage of the homeowner. There wasn't really a a solid brand in our market. So I decided to jump into that business and I jumped in with both feet and I always go hundred miles an hour if I do something. And we quickly took over the market. We owned probably, we took half the market share in our first year. And some folks asked me if they, we'd consider franchising it. So we franchised it the next year. We sold one or two and then the the recession of 2008 hit, and that really kind of put a damper on things. Started coming out in 2010. I had about 20 locations between the driveway ceiling and the parking lot striping. We had a separate parking lot striping brand. Mm-hmm. And so in 2012, then I, I sold both of those units as part of one package to a, to a competitor. And I stepped out of that business and I had a five-year no-compete. Yeah. After the five-year no-compete uh, ended in 2017, I decided to jump back into the parking lot striping. And this time I decided to focus on building the brand around fellow veterans. My lessons learned from my previous excursion into the franchise world that was my veterans were the easiest to work with and my parking lot striping franchisees were the happiest in the bunch. So we had always been trying to recruit veterans to our other brand. We we had limited success with that. So we felt, well, let's just build the brand around them. And that's why we came up with the name G-Force. And it's veteran branded. It's, it's veteran focused. And we're able to get folks who would never imagine parking lot striping as a business. They say, well, well if it's veteran only, what does that mean? So I, I, I at least capture their attention mm-hmm. by making it exclusive to veterans. And it's really helped us recruit at a much higher level than if we had just opened it up to everybody. Yeah. So why veterans? Why are you focused? What are, what are the skills that veterans have that make you, I mean, you mentioned that they were some of the happiest or some of the best performing, but uh, why the focus on, on exclusively on veterans? Well, a couple of reasons. Certainly post 9-11, watching some folks who followed me in the military, serving one, two, three. Now you hear of some four, five, eight tours over in Iraq, Afghanistan, and then coming back. And at one point they were at something like 20% unemployment. And I was really frustrated by that. And so back under my other brand, we had done a franchise giveaway and we ran a Facebook contest to give away a franchise and we wound up giving it to an Army Purple Heart recipient. So we, we gave him the trailer, the equipment, the, the training, the waived his franchise fee, the whole package. So I've had a long interest in, in trying to you know help the guys and gals, primarily post 9-11, and I'm actually pretty good at branding and marketing and building a business and getting businesses off the ground. And I, I, I want to share that with my fellow veterans. A lot of veterans really kind of don't have that business experience per se to what's it take to get a, a business off the ground. 
the franchise business model is really ideal for a lot of folks. You know, a lot of a lot of our veterans. I think I think, it, and it's not just my franchise. There are plenty of great franchises for veterans to consider out there. Yeah, I think that's absolutely amazing. Giving away um, the the whole package, to use your your phrase, to uh, a Purple Heart winner. So it's it's very noble. When you talk about the equipment and trailer and all that sort of thing, it's it's a good segue into. Like, tell us about your franchise model, the cost, the structure. How does that work? Well, well thanks. So, you know, we're kind of a, a different sort of franchise. I'll call it a boutique. A lot of franchise systems are designed where they expect to, to grow to 200, 300, 500 locations. We think we're going to get to 40, maybe 50 locations at the most around the country. We award really large territories. In fact, we just awarded uh, the Atlanta market to a Marine. He's literally signed up last week with us. So he's going through online training and getting his business up and running. So once the coronavirus leaves us, he'll be able to, to get into business. But our package, it helps if they happen to have a pickup truck because we use a trailer to, to pull the equipment. We've got great discounts from the manufacturer on our painting machines. The Sherwin-Williams folks are kind enough to give us enough paint for free for that franchisee to do about $5,000 worth of work. Our franchise fees run from 5,000 to 25,000, and that's dependent on the size of the territory. We offer a 1% discount for each year of service up to 15 years. So if you had 20 years in the military, you'd get a 15% off of our franchise fee. Mm-hmm. And so typical investment is going to run about probably in the 75,000 to $85,000 range on, on some larger territories. And one of the wild cards, again, being whether they already have a pickup. And, and we find a lot of our applicants already do have pickup trucks. Yeah, veterans and pickup trucks, right? They go together. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Here you, let me let me ask you just a quick follow-up question. Are a lot of these folks, is this money they've saved up? They've got eight deployments, so they've got some deployment money in the bank, or are they going out and getting SBA loans, or how is that? how do they get their startup uh, capital? That's a great question. So we find that one of the biggest obstacles to recruiting new folks to our franchises is, is money. Uh, and but the SBA has some really great programs. They've got what they call the Express Program, under $150,000, whether it's for G-Force or some other brand. You can get through that that program with, uh, you have to have a halfway decent credit score, but it doesn't have to be super strong. You do need 20% down. So let's say it was an $80,000 investment. They'd like to see about $15,000 of your own money, you know, sort of your own skin in the game. We've been using a third-party vendor to help the folks get through the process. It's it's a, it's a clumsy process mm-hmm. to get through the SBA. Those third-party vendors charge about two percent. Uh, most of our folks have have used that that system and they're happy with it because they, they, they kind of hold your hand and make sure you cross all the T's and dot all your I's. Navy Federal Credit Union recently reached out to us about cutting out the middleman and creating a program specifically to help our guys get through that. But we're in the very early discussion stages with that. That is awesome. Yeah. And it's a 10-year note. Uh, you can pay it off with no prepayment penalty. It's a pretty good system. Uh, other folks have also used, uh, been able to convert some of their retirement funds into their own corporation and they invest in themselves instead of the stock market per se. Mm-hmm. And that system is out there as well. And that's that's kind of a neat little option that most people have not heard of. Yeah, that is uh, pretty interesting. We'll have to 
look into that. So broadly speaking, you and I were talking a little bit before we hit the record button. I know several veterans here in the Atlanta area that have franchises. There's a fellow that does some recruiting exclusively to place veterans into franchises, any franchise, right? So, you know, in all of the experience that you've gained in growing a business, a franchise business, and then selling it and, you know, hiring and helping all these veterans set up on businesses, what advice would you have for veterans considering a franchise model? That's a great question. Sometimes there's too much information out there, right? And so you're overwhelmed. There are franchise business brokers. Their job is to kind of learn about you, see what your strengths are. Some of them will send you some sort of personality quizzes and things like that. And they'll start presenting to you different models. And I think brokers are a little bit of a double-edged sword. They do get paid on commission from the franchisor, so you don't pay directly. But quite often, and it's one of the reasons we struggle with franchise brokers, our franchise fees are so low that they don't really want to deal with us. Uh So they like the higher franchise fee system so they can make a bigger commission. So, But some of them are really great resources for learning information. The International Franchise Association has a program called the VetFran, short for Veteran Franchise. If you just Google VetFran and go to the IFA's website, it'll list all the folks who belong to the IFA and the discounts that they offer to franchise veterans for their franchise system. Some of them are pretty substantial, kind of a catch-22, <laughs> typical for me. We don't actually qualify for VetFran because we have to, you have to give a 10% discount to veterans if you're a franchisor, but all of our franchisees are veterans. So it's like, it's kind of like saying, well, our franchise fee is $25,000, but if you're a human, here's your discount. Right. So we don't we don't qualify for VetFran because it's just an odd catch-22, but we're petitioning them. I mean, our franchise fees are lower than most in the in the whole industry, and they're, dis- they're already, the franchise, or the veteran franchise discount is already well-baked into that. So we'll see how that goes. But VetFran's a great, great start for them. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll capture that and put that in the show notes. So along with the other links that we'd like to add, such as, you know, if someone is listening to this podcast and wants to connect with you, Jack, check out your business, where can they find you online? So our, our customer-facing website is gogforce.com. That's gogforce.com. And that's if a customer wanted to, you know, hire one of our guys to do our services. And our services are parking lot striping, warehouse floor markings, sign installation. We also have some of our guys doing asphalt maintenance, like hot rubber crack sealing and and things like that. Uh, For the franchise side of things, it's veteranonlyfranchise.com. And you can navigate back and forth between those two different URLs. Whichever one you go to, you can find your way to the other one as well. Mm-hmm. And do you have a presence on any social media sites, LinkedIn or Twitter or anything like that? I, I'm personally on LinkedIn, Jack Child. There aren't too many of us on there. They can find me easily there. Instagram, we're G4 Striping, just no hyphens, just G4 Striping. Yeah. Okay, Jack. Well, thank you very much for your service and for all that you're doing for veterans and uh, for coming on the show and telling us about it. Well, thank you, Frank. I, I appreciate your time today. Thank you for listening to the Boots About Business podcast. Please know you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you catch your podcasts. And while you are there, won't you leave us a nice review? It'll help the show and in turn help other veterans. Finally, if you know someone that's a veteran in business or is an entrepreneur with a story to share, hit us up using the contact form on the show's website. 
That's bootsaboutbusiness.com. That's all one word, bootsaboutbusiness.com. Until next time, I am your host, Frank Strong, out here.